When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Welcome to Papa's Perspective, another edition of the Giants Huddle Podcast. It's brought to you by Bob's Discount Furniture. So when the Giants schedule comes out, we take a look at these games, and then we say, all right, what was a really cool game against this opponent? And with the Giants playing in Arizona, thought Antro roll, we got to get him on for that 2011 incredible come from behind 31-27 win. You had an interception in the ball game uh, that came early in the fourth quarter. What was it like for you going back with the Giants to go play the team that drafted you in their building? Uh, you know, for me, it was it was definitely bittersweet. Um, you know, it was a place where I felt like we built the championship culture there. Um, when I first got there, we were not a good team whatsoever. I'm sure everyone can test that. Uh, you know, we ended up building up our team, going to a Super Bowl literally three years later. And, um, you know, with that and for that, I'm forever grateful. You know, I think the chemistry that we, we built there, the guys, the camaraderie, you know, I had a great time there coming from the bottom, getting it from the mud, you know, as I like to call it. So going there, um, you know, I, I definitely had a chip on my shoulder uh, for, for a couple of different reasons. And I just wanted to go out there and make a statement. Although I knew that they knew who I was as a player, I still wanted to go out there and set it in stone and solidify it even more. And you did. You had a big game for the Giants. Um, you had an interception early in the fourth quarter. How sweet was it to get the pick? And more importantly, Larry Fitzgerald was the target on the play. So <laughs> Fitz is as good as it gets. You practiced against him. What was that like for you? You know, I love every bit of it. You know, Fitz and I have had battles all the way back from college. And, uh, you know, those battles continued once I joined the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, a, a great personal friend, uh, if not one of the hardest workers I've ever seen on the gridiron. And I think his resume speaks for itself. You know, his hard work and dedication to the game has built the resume that he has. Uh, outstanding guy. Love to watch him play, love to compete against him. So me being able to get that interception in that time, in that point of matter in the game, was clearly me just knowing who's on that end. It's Larry Fitzgerald. Um, they always consider him a mismatch. You know, no matter who he's going up against, one-on-one -on -one situation, they figure, they figure if they throw the jump ball nine times out of ten or ten times out of ten, he's going to come down with it. And which is Usually the case, you know, I can agree to that. But it wasn't the case that time because I had to jump on the ball. I already had my mindset, no matter what happens, when they snap the ball, I was going there. You know, they were going to have to throw it to the guy and beat me to the other side. But I was going there to Larry Fitzgerald's side. And just going my gut instincts and watching film and just being a student of the game, I kind of had an idea that the ball was going to go there. It was just up to me to come down with it. And uh, I did. I think I surprised him. I think I surprised the quarterback. I know I surprised Corey Webster as we collided as well. Um, but when I caught the, you know, when I caught the ball, my emotions were flying high. But I did have a headache because my head hit the ground pretty good when I when I when I when I, when I did catch the ball. And, you know, your emotions are flying high. But when you sit down, you think about it like, 
you know, damn, that hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Late in the game, they're trying to come back. Cobb throws it to Heap, third and 11. You make sure you get him to the ground, and then you guys hold him on fourth down. Uh, What were your keys on that play? My keys on that play is just knowing the down distance, knowing the down distance and knowing the guy. Like he, you know, he's a, he's a big body, you know, he's a sure-handed tight end, um, can make every catch. My job was just to play the down the distance and not let him get those 11 yards. Now, granted, you know, at that point in time, I'm weighing 210 pounds. You know, he's a 250, 260 guy. Just because he catches it at nine doesn't mean I'm going to keep him at nine. So, so you know, that's where the squats and the weightlifting got to come in and you got you got to man up in that situation. There's mano y mano at that point. But being able to get him down and, and, and hold him to nine yards, you know, at that point in time, my job is done. You know, this was the first time that the Giants were playing in that building since they won Super Bowl 42. So there was a lot of positive energy and a lot of hype. And Eli was fantastic, um, leading the fourth quarter comeback. What was it like to be on that side, you know, watching him work his magic and then eventually throwing the game-winning touchdown pass uh, to Akeem Nixon, sealing the deal? You know, watching Eli, man, for me, has always been a a great thing that I enjoy and I've taken pleasure in, Um, whether it's good, whether it's bad, um, you know, He's a guy that's going to always come and bring it and always going to wear his shield. But to have another fourth quarter comeback, which we've known that he's done so many times in his, you know, uh, great career, it, it put, it put the, 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 the ceiling on the, on the cake for me. And for me, you know, I think I always say this, you know, Offense is going to sell tickets. Defense is what's going to win the game. And I'm a firm believer in that. And I think defense, having the stand that we did in order to give Eli the ball back to work his magic, I think it just worked hand-in-hand. And then Hakeem to those big hands and making that great grab. And, you know, he's a guy that I think his career could have been exceptional. You know, why it didn't happen, you know, I don't have the answer to that. But he's a guy that just – at any given moment, he can literally take over a game, you know, and it almost seems like he's so covered and he's blanketed, but he always finds a way that that ball just, it's like, it's like glue, it's big hands, it just sticks to his hands. And uh, just watching those guys and seeing, you know, it's just, it's, it's a work of art. It really is. I want to, um, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, that's that game. Victor Cruz makes a play late in the game and he gives himself up the Cardinals wanted it to be a fumble Victor's starting to emerge as a player for you guys you're practicing against him talk about watching Victor Cruz grow as a player to where he started to become a dominant part of what you guys did offensively because you had a practice against him every day man listen Vic, Vic, Victor was he was special you know you saw glimpses and pieces of it in our very first training camp. His first training camp with the Giants was my very first training camp with the Giants. And you going up against a guy, and the first thing I asked was, he was undrafted. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't really sure, but I'm looking at him and I'm like, this guy's undrafted. But he made a mark early. And obviously having a breakout 
preseason game against the Jets. I mean, I, I've never seen like anything like it in my life to this day. Um, we kind of put him on the shelf for that year. Uh, I think that was a brilliant move by, by old man TC. And the next year, you know, he just came into his own. He would, like, we would literally work each other to the bone. Like, I, I've never had such great work in my life uh, other than being at UM, because when I was at UM, I had some amazing receivers and gave me some awesome work with Roscoe Parrish and, and Andre Johnson. But on the on the professional level, the Vic can either take you over top or he can work you on the inside. So to have that balance, for me, it was it, it was great. It was something that I needed. And being a slot corner and being a slot safety, he gave me the best of the best work. I mean, it was so many times that he gave me the business like it wasn't even funny. But it made me so much better. Like the iron sharpens iron. I'm a firm believer in that. That Arizona game kind of was a microcosm of the way things would kind of go during the season. When you walked off the field that day, I know you're happy to get a win. It's early in the season. But did you say to yourself, man, if if we could stay healthy, we got the makings of a team that can get to the Super Bowl because you know what it takes to get to a Super Bowl. You had been to one already. What was the feeling leaving that building? Uh, truth be told, the feeling for me leaving that building was we got that W, you know, and, and I can't say what I really want to say, but <laughs> <laughs> we got that W. And, and and that was the feeling for me. It was more of a, of a, of a, of a selfish feeling. It was more of something that was more about me and not saying that the game was more about me, but at the end of the day, that moment and getting that win was about me. It was about me versus the Arizona Cardinal as an organization. Um, I loved it as a team win. Obviously, I'm a team first guy. I think anyone who knows me knows that. But for that split second, like, it was about me. When I got the interception, you know, I ran over to their side. I'm like, I'm looking at them because it was a moment where, you know, I, I, had to put, I had to put the seal on it. Like, let you know you should never let me walk out of this building. Whether it was a business matter, what I don't care what the situation is. Like, you knew who I was and what I brought to the organization. So for me, it became personal. Um, but did I think about a Super Bowl? Absolutely not. I didn't, it, it wasn't a thought. It wasn't a thought in my mind until it became a thought in my mind. And that was literally the first week of playoffs. That's when it became a thought. That's when I thought about, okay, Super Bowl contentions because I saw how we clicked against the Jets. I saw how we clicked against Dallas. And I was like, okay. Like we're gelling, like we're 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 on the right path. Like I felt this before, same situation. Like I felt this before, nine and seventeen. Like I've been here, and unfortunately that side, you know, I was on a losing end. Thank God it wasn't that way around because y'all probably would have had to put an APB out on for me or something. Because I I don't know what I would be doing right now if I lost twice. <laughs> Leadership. Um, you're 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 join a team that has guys that have won a Super Bowl. Um, a lot of guys on the defensive side of the ball had won. But you became really kind of the heart and soul leader of that defense during what was a tough season, kind of in and out. Um, how, does that, how does that work? Uh, how hard was that for you when you're coming into a new place 
to be able to command that respect that you had in that locker room with your entire team, not just defensive players? Uh, you know, I would say that it, it was, it wasn't hard in, in a sense, because for me, it was very authentic. I was just, for me, I think it's too hard to pretend and be someone else. And I was just literally just being myself. Like I was doing the things that I knew how to do. I was being the leader that I saw guys that led before myself. And I'm sure for them, it was some uncomfortable times. It was some times where they might not have said things or know how on the other end, how they would have been looked at, you know, per se, but it never stopped them from taking matters into their own hands and trying to instill greatness in something that you know is there. And that's what I, that's all I was doing. I was just trying to light a certain fire and let guys know, like, listen, it's okay to believe in yourself. It's okay to take the step out. It's okay to be at every single practice. It's okay to go out there and play hurt. It's okay to be held accountable. It's okay to get in grudge matches. It's okay to argue, scream, and yell at your teammates because at the end of the day, we all have the same goal, which is to win. So just because we argue, that doesn't mean that we're not brothers. You know, just because we don't see eye to eye, that doesn't mean that we're not brothers. But one thing about brothers or family members or siblings or mother and fathers who are in the same house is at the end of the night, you're still going to see that person. You're going to kiss that person goodnight. You're going to dap them up no matter how bad that day has been. You know, maybe a day or two go by, but it's fine. But you always find yourself back to that nucleus core. And for me, that was that's what it was about. Like, I knew that it was now or never for us. And honestly, I, I, I was a little bit desperate because I felt things slipping away. And I knew what I saw. And I, if I hadn't spoken on what I saw or take matters into my own hands, I knew that it could have been a dud for us. And we were too good of a team to not try and even compete to give ourselves the maximum opportunity to achieve what we did achieve, which is greatness. Why did you and Coach Coughlin click? Um, his respect level for you was very high. Um, you know, you're coming from the U. You had signed in 2010, but there was a genuine respect that he had for what you were about as a person and as a player. When did it click for you and him? You know, I think it clicked after having a conversation amongst the two of us. And I don't think we started off on, on the best of the best terms. And, and not that we had any personal issues because we never, ever had any personal issues. Um, I just wasn't used to a certain type of, of protocol, you know, sort of say I was, I came from Miami where everything was about swagger for us. You know, we, we were able to form our own identity. Also building something in Arizona, we all had a different type of swag. We all formed our own identity. And I felt like when I came here, he wanted Antrail to be like Eli. He wanted Antrail to be like Cruz, but Antrail wasn't Eli, Antrail wasn't Cruz. And it took me, it took some growing up on my behalf to really understand what he was trying to instill in his players and in his unit, which was one band, one sound, togetherness. We look the same, we play the same, we feel the same, we eat the same, and we go out there and hopefully we produce the same. To me, that's not really 
something that I firmly believe in, but I knew in order to be with this group and have a C on my chest, whether the C was on my chest or whether it wasn't on my chest, I knew what they, what they were looking for in me. And I knew what I possessed as a player and as a person and as a leader. So I had to buy in, you know, and with me buying in, I think he kind of bought into my mentality a little bit. So it was, you know, one, one hand scratches the other and, and then we just clicked. And I think he had a, a respect for me as a player because he knew I was a guy that wasn't going to miss in practice. I was going to give it everything I had, every single practice. I only missed, I think, two practice in my entire time being with the Giants, and that was because I busted up my knee down there in Carolina. Other than that, I was on the field. It didn't matter if I was hurt, injured. It didn't matter. If I can run, I was on the field. And I think some, that's something that he knew and he respected as, as a coach. He also knew that when things were said or things were spoken of, it had absolutely zero percent to do with myself and more so the team atmosphere. So he knew I wasn't a selfish player. Um, and, you know, it's just something that we bought into. You know, he became not only someone that I admired as a coach, but someone who I admired as a person. Just a, a genuine great guy uh, with an with a amazing family, amazing supporting cast. And once you just take the step back and, and, and realize who he is as a person, I think you have that much more appreciation for who Tom Coughlin really is. Well, Antrell, uh, forever, you and the Cardinals are linked as part of Giants history and your career. Um, it was a fun time in 2011. I know that game, you know, for the non-championship games and the big games, I know that game is one that is near and dear to your heart. Thank you so much for sharing some of your thoughts and memories about that 2011 win in Arizona against the former squad. Absolutely, Pop. My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Number 26, Antrell Roll. Yes, Giants fans, there was another stud that wore 26 before Saquon. His name is Antrell Roll. Antrell Roll joining us on Papa's Perspective edition of the Giants Huddle Podcast brought to you by Bob's yes. Discount Furniture.